The following is Flying Casual, the Rebel Scum podcast live show every Monday night. Join us on Patreon for early access, exclusive show prizes, and more. Now, here are the guys. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. Hunting is a complicated profession. They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? Best in the parsec. Mandalorian. Look outside. They are waiting for you. Yeah? Good. Cannot wait! Let's explore our place from... Uh, this movie, this movie, the series, the first ever live action series, series called The Mandalorian. This is take two, guys. Take two of <laughs> flying casual. This one is what we call flawless execution, um, minus Ooh, the flawless like- aspect of it. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Charlie Skywalker says, "I might be in the right place." You are in the right right place. Uh, technical difficulties uh, all around. Hopefully, this is uh, this all works out. Change some settings. Uh, but we're looking forward to talking about the Mandalorian today, Andrew. We talked about this a little bit. You ready for the Mando? I am ready for the Mando. I am ready for Episode One and everything that's going to be in it. I'm not ready for the wait time that I'm sure I'm going to get when the internet dies as everybody in Canada simultaneously tries to download Disney. Plus. Everybody in in North America. Well, hopefully, all the Americans have taken the opportunity that Disney has given them and pre-ordered that. Like, cause it's been a month now, I think, since you've been able to pre-order it. No, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, we haven't yeah. been able to, obviously, but uh, they have been. I don't know what's going on with our stream today. Ever since I changed my settings, it has been a cluster muck of epic proportions. But here we are, nonetheless. We are going to do the best we can to stream, to talk, to discuss Star Wars with you, especially the Mandalorian. Is it even playing? That oh, there we are. Huge delay, huge <laughs> delay. We got a uh, cool announcement coming about um, for Patreon, Patreon contest coming up. Everybody that is a part of our Patreon will be included in this. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Andrew, supposedly there is a spoilers hitting. You think it is an episode nine exploit, an episode nine spoiler. Go on and tell me about why you think that is. Yeah, well, like, I don't think there's anything else right now to be spoiled besides episode nine like there's literally nothing else that's going to exist in the near future um unless it's like clone war season seven but i doubt that that's the case they're not spoiling clone wars i don't think there's much to spoil there so i think it's going to be something episode nine related i wouldn't be surprised if that little girl uh that we see in the trailers is like my name is zori bliss 
and everybody's like, oh, she's going to grow up to be cool and look like Felicity or whatever. And uh, that, like, it's, I think it's just something along those lines, something that ties into what we're about to see. Uh, there was a comment in the chat by Charlie Skywalker that I liked, though, right before we had to switch over to this one, uh, which uh, was Charlie Skywalker posited that maybe Palpatine is referenced or seen in the Mandalorian. And there's an explanation as to, you know, the Imperials are like, the Emperor is not dead. We're still being Imperials because he's alive in the holocron of doom or whatever. Like they, you know, they say something that, that uh, tells us the answer to that. I don't know if they would be, you know, that's a, that's a gutsy move to throw that answer in the Mandalorian grant. It's not like the Mandalorian is something that nobody's, you know, it's not like a book where it's like 20 people are going to read this book. Uh, This is something that a lot of people are going to watch. So, I'd say that it's a much bigger possibility than we all initially think. So kudos, Charlie Skywalker. That is not outside of the realm of belief, my friend. That is very, very realistic. I would agree. You know, I think that the SheVP being mentioned absolutely is realistic, I think. How I just I don't think they would tell us how he's alive because Rise of Skywalker is still a month out. Unless, of course... I mean, at the same time, we know he's alive going into Rise of Skywalker. And if that's the case, then what what fear is there in telling us how he survived if it's not mentioned in the movie? This is also a way for them to get away from telling us in the movie, just spending that much time in the movie telling us. I, I just don't think that's that's the case. I do like the idea of them mentioning that, that SheVP is alive for sure. Uh, and that is actually a huge... See, but it's not a Star Wars spoiler. It is and it isn't because they wouldn't show this to critics because it would spoil it. So if it is, they tell you how he survived. Like, oh, we believe Palpatine uh, is alive and we believe X, Y, X, Y. Then that's kind of cool for sure. Uh, And I like that they would keep it that grand because we do see the remnants of the Empire and whatnot in this. So I'd be down for that. I I personally, I think it's going to be more in line with with um the mandalorian himself and the world that the mandalorian encompasses more so than than the theatrical world if that makes sense so you think it's going to be a spoiler for itself like like oh the mandalorian's actually this guy but we're not gonna elaborate for six more episodes something like that no i i don't think it'll be like that i think it's i what i think is i think it has to do with boba fett i think Mm. whatever we're getting has to do with boba fett because they have to put the boba fett baby to bed is what they have to do they have to say boba fett is dead or they have to say definitively boba fett is alive because the casual viewer will go in and i think a lot of people are going to go in not us, obviously, but people will go and be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Boba." Fett. They're gonna, they might not know Boba Fett's name, but they're gonna think that it's that same character as Boba Fett. So I think the minute you start off and you're like, you're "Like, oh, you you dress in the same armor armor as that bounty hunter that's being that's con- that's currently being digested by the Sarlacc," then people are like, "Oh, okay, it's a different person altogether." So I think, to, or they're like, "What if Andrew Fantasia? What if this?" I hope you're going to say exactly what I'm thinking right now. That won't be the case. Um, uh, what if Boba Fett is the MacGuffin of this series? 
Ooh, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> I told you it wasn't. Um, as in Werner Herzog is hiring Mando to take out Boba Fett. Well, let's say Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc, that he crawls out like he did in Legends all those many book moons ago. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's the case, and somebody needs him dead or needs him for something. Who knows? Like, it could be an infinite amount of possibilities, and he's the MacGuffin of this. Uh, I don't know if that's what we find out right away, but what if that's the case? I like that even more than what I'm thinking, because that means that we might see Mandalorian fight Boba Fett, and that would just look very cool. I'm just picturing these two very action figure looking dudes just being like, uh, stop, I got you. And it's, uh, it's looking really good in my brain right now. Um, what I had in mind would probably piss off a lot of people, but I think it would be interesting because, all right, so we're, we're, uh, we're five years after Jedi, right? What if, um, the opening scene of this show, like the cold open before credits, before everything is Boom, we open up on, on the Dune Sea and there's Boba Fett crawling out of the Sarlacc and he's all mangled up, but he's still alive and he's crawling through the sand and stuff. And then he just keeps going and going and then we see he crawls up to a person's feet. There's a person standing in the sand and we just see their feet and we don't see their head or their, their torso or anything. And Boba Fett just kind of looks up at them and the person says, and then we hear the voice and it's the Mandalorian and he says, I'll take that. And then he shoots Boba Fett in the head. Ha! And then he cuts black five years later. And then the show begins. All right. <laughs> I would watch that. I Real farm boy is saying, Boba Fett is dead, 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 dead. I agree. I hope, um, I kind of hope Boba Fett's dead. You know, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. I do a really good Kylo Ren impression, by the way. You do I an amazing know. Kylo Ren. I do, right? Wait, wait. Say that again. You do an amazing Kylo Ren. I do, but I do. (laughs) I've been studying Adam Driver on girls for a long time. But I do. Werner Herzog is Boba Fett. Okay, Charlie Skywalker just ruined the show for all of us. He is. Uh, I I want him to be dead, but at the same time, you, you have to acknowledge Boba Fett in this show. I don't think there's any way around it. Because of Mandalorian, because of the armor, because of... Look, we were told uh, four or five years ago we are getting Episode 7, a spin-off movie called Rogue One, Episode 8, Solo, and a spin-off movie about Boba Fett dress- directed by Josh Trank. That is still something that we were all promised, that obviously the Boba Fett one never happened. So now tell me why it's not happening. Is this more important than that Boba Fett? It is now, obviously. And so I think in, in a lot of ways, the Mandalorian has to surpass Boba Fett in terms of um, being iconic as a character, mm-hmm. as somebody that we all enjoy. And, you know, the thing with Boba Fett is everybody likes Boba Fett because he looks cool. But in the films, he really doesn't have, I mean, in Clone Wars, yes, and, and because of the prequels. But really, until then, he didn't get much depth. There was no depth to that character so much. The reason people loved him wasn't because of who Boba Fett was it was because of how cool he looked and his toy. And now you have an opportunity to give me a brand new character who looks just as cool, but give me a backstory on this person. Right. And from the trailers we've seen, the Mandalorian already has more lines than Boba Fett. Hey, oh, swish. Um, no, you're right. There's no way getting around it. There's no way of getting around Boba Fett. And even if there was, Favreau would not take that way. 
<laughs> he would not go that route. He'd be like, you know what? Let's acknowledge this, even if it's just a line of dialogue. Because the not only is he wearing the outfit, but remember, guys, he's a bounty hunter too. Like it is that would be like if I put on like like it would be just like Kylo Ren putting on a black cape and uh, this creepy metal black helmet that distorts his voice, carrying a red lightsaber and and being, you know, a, a dark side user and whatnot and being like, oh, but I'm not Darth Vader. You, you, you kind of need that moment where you're like, but I'm not blank. So they're, they're making him so similar to Mr. John Boba Fett that uh, you don't, uh, you don't just walk away from that without acknowledging you can't just be like, yeah, I'm a totally different person. Because everybody in the universe, I'd assume, knows about his reputation. They know, oh, the best bounty hunter of the galaxy right now is a guy who walks around in Mandalorian armor. Oh, look, this bounty hunter just walked in in Mandalorian armor. Are you? No, you're not. Explain to me who you are. And he has to make that distinction. He probably has had to make that distinction for a long time. He probably hates Boba Fett because he's like, no. It's like, you know, when you meet a person and you're like, you know, you look a lot like Celine Dion, and that person's like, I get that so much. I hate Celine Dion now. Thank you for bringing it up. So I, I guarantee there's going to be something like that. Well, how many people do you know that looks like look like Celine Dion? Not enough. <laughs> Just looking at the chat. Aaron Quinton's in. Uh, ben Solo's lightsaber. That that'd be that'd be great. Uh, it keeps freezing again. I don't know. My internet's saying it's fine. I can't uh -oh. figure this out. Let me. You know what? Let me do a speed test, Andrew. But uh, in all honesty, though, there are this series is going to end December twenty seventh. Do you think that at any point this is in any way, shape, or form going to tie into the rise of Skywalker? It must. Um, the because the timing is so weird. I. I initially before we got the release date for this show i was always thinking it would come out just after rise of skywalker like maybe in late january or something like when there's a dry period but they're coming out so close together and, and like remember this is something disney has been apologizing for almost is that yeah sorry guys we know last jedi and solo were really close together and that kind of messed some stuff up and some people were put off by that now it's like even more close together, these two big events. So I think that it almost needs to go without saying that they have that plan for a reason, because otherwise, you know, Filoni and Favreau or Bob Iger or somebody would have just been like, can we push this to February when we're, is they're very, they don't even do Avengers stuff when there's a Star Wars thing going on and vice versa. They don't like to cannibalize like that. So I think there's a very big reason why not only Mandalorian is coming out at this time, but also a big reason why the final episode comes out after the movie. So maybe we find out some stuff about some Knights of Ren or something or some Bliss of the Zori variety, if you catch my drift. Uh, why don't you continue on that drift? I, I just feel like that's going to... That final episode is going to say something or it's going to do something that's going to tie in with the rise of Skywalker. And it's going to make us, it's going to answer a question that maybe we weren't even asking, uh, but it's going to say something that will make us look at the rise of Skywalker in a new light. And how smart would that be on, on their part, on Lucasfilm's part to tell the story like that? Cause they know everybody is going 
opening weekend to watch. All the hardcores are going opening weekend to watch Rise of Skywalker. And yes, a lot of the hardcores go several times. Just ask Rob McDonald. He goes a lot to these movies. Um, but Disney is almost, it's almost like they're trying to guarantee to get those repeat viewings because guess what? Three days or whatever after Rise of Skywalker, they're going to drop that finale of Mandalorian where maybe it's going to do something or say something where you will now look at Rise of Skywalker in a whole new light and be like, oh my God, when Janna was talking to that guy, that guy Janna was talking to was this guy here who's like Carl Weathers' friend or you know something probably stronger than that. And then it's going to make you want to go watch Rise of Skywalker again with that new information. Boom, you've got double ticket sales, which you were probably already going to get, but now it's like as locked in as it could possibly be. That's the kind of multimedia thing that they haven't done since Shadows of the Empire. And I think that this is a good opportunity to start doing it because unlike the books and comics and Jedi Fallen Order, this is something, Mandalorian is something that I think they understand a lot of people, not just the sweaties like us, a lot of people are going to watch them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just don't know how you get this to tie directly into something like Rise of Skywalker. I can see it tie, like they did mention that the First Order is going to be, we're going to see the, the beginnings of the First Order and whatnot. I'm kind of down with all of that. I just, you know, I mean, Zori Bliss, but Zori Bliss would be like 10 in this show. You know, like how do you throw Zori Bliss in here? Um, yeah. How do you, really, I mean, we know so very little about it that we don't know what, the plot of the series is we know that there's a bounty and he's he's got to find it. he's got his droid ig11 whose voice we finally heard for the first time last night maybe we'll hear more during this mm-hmm. preview we're getting tonight on monday night football um i don't know i don't even want to know if i want to watch that sneak preview to be honest i'm going to watch the episode in 12 hours why do i yeah. and i don't think i need to to see it uh, yeah, guys, smash the like button. That'll help us get better internet in the future. I don't know what's happening with the internet. I'm plugged in. I'm tethering off of my phone, yes. which usually is flawless. I unplugged my phone. Let's see if that's flawless. It's not, but okay. Yeah, guys, let us let us know in the comments if uh, if it starts getting back to good quality. Yeah, good quality. We know it's bad quality. Uh, let us know because we really can't tell on our end at all. At least I can't. No, I can't either. I mean, it's looking bad. We're losing, we're losing viewers. Which like, you're, James, you're blurrier than me. Mm. I'm blurry? Yeah, you're much, you're much blurrier than usual. So there's something going down here. Okay, Andrew. Damn snow. Andrew, open up. It's, not, it's good for nothing. Here's what's going to happen. I know it's, it's a blizzard outside. Andrew, open up your Facebook. I'm going to Facebook call you. Okay. All right, here's what's going to happen. Uh, oh, Blanc is here, and she got my Empire magazines, which is kind of – so we're in a feud. Oh. I'm really mad. Heidi, so if it does, be like, uh, I'm looking at the – I must run, guys. I just wanted to drop in and say, hey, may the first week goodbye, Girls with Sabres. Thank you for showing up. I'm sorry, that's amazing. I know you're Bye, way better Sabres. because you're all cheeseheads. Uh, but Solo, Solo wasn't marketed <laughs> right. I would agree. Uh, Kayla, hi Kayla, hi Aaron. I'm just gonna say hi to everybody. Mr. Rez, Lauren. Hello, everybody. We're doing this. Andrew, you ready for this? I think so. My Facebook is not cooperating, but okay. Now it's now I'm ready. Of course it's not. You are. Internet doesn't cooperate. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh. No. Are you even on my Facebook? I think so. I haven't Facebook chatted in so long that I don't even remember. Yeah, how apparently it not. I can't find you. I'm gonna go search Andrew Fantasia. Uh, 
do you? How do I message you? Call you. Oh, yeah. The last thing I sent you was how you... What? Well, well, apparently, uh, apparently Facebook is not allowed to access the camera. Hmm. So that's always good news. We've done this before, but now it's like, no, nah, not going to work. All right. So let's talk about a new character that we met for the first time. Ming-Na Wen. Uh, everybody oh, loves Ming-Na Wen. Everybody does. Uh, she yeah. is the reason why everybody loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Am I right? Is that correct? She's one of the reasons. I, I I liked most of the cast, not the story, but most of the cast, and she's always great. I think she was Mulan, right? She's the voice she, of Mulan. She was the voice of Mulan. Yeah. yeah so she was in, um, what was that show in the 90s? Single guy? The new guy? Something guy. In the 90s, I literally just watched The Simpsons and Allie McBeal. That's it. I don't think she was on Allie McBeal. No. But maybe. Anyway, talk about her character a little bit. Her character, now I don't know much about her, I just know she is an assassin, which means she wears a white hood, climbs on buildings, and has a little knife in her wrist, right? No? That's that's the only kind of assassin I know. And her name is Fennec Shan. I had to look that up because uh, that was kind of a new development. Um, Fennec Shan, it's funny, you know what, do you know what Fennec, actually this is, this is very appropriate for you, James. Mm-hmm. Take a wild guess, what do you think the word Fennec means in Maltese? Does it mean something? Uh, uh, assassin. No, it doesn't. I'll give you it. I'll give, it's a hint. Um, it's a type of animal. Uh, type of animal. Uh, a jaguar. No. Why did I go jaguar? I don't, I don't know. No. A boar. It is not a boar or a jaguar. A fennec is a rabbit. Ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> So her, her name is Rabbit Shand in my mind. And that's all it'll ever be. But uh, yeah, that's... Well, that's it. interesting because rabbits have a lot of connotations about rabbits. I mean, if you watch any Jordan Peele movie, he really uses rabbits to the full extent of rabbitism. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah, there's quite a bit of rabbit going on in us. Um, dare uses, I say too many rabbits? He used sim- like rabbits are symbolic. Even in Get Out, he uses rabbits. He has that song, Run, Rabbit, Run. Uh, mm-hmm. So... There could be a lot to be said about that. I'm really excited for this character, though. So now I hope that there's a scene where Fennec Shand is, um, she goes after, like, Giancarlo Esposito's character, the Imperial, and she does something to make him upset. And he goes, oh, I'll get you, you wascoey wabbit. And he chases after her. That's, this is why you it'll kill Star Wars, but it'll, it'll enlighten my heart. Yeah, that's all we really know about her so far. She's this cool... Uh, Assassin, who is, um, I don't know if she's friend or foe to the Mandalorian. I think friend, just judging from what I have seen, but who knows? And I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the gray part of Star Wars. It's the fringe. So friend and foe is kind of a loose few, uh, few terms. And also there was something, speaking of Boba Fett and the fringe and bounty hunters and whatnot, there's something I wanted to bring up that you sent me, James, I think just a couple days ago, you sent me some concept art from the Star Wars 1313 um, video game. Yes. I think I think that was you. It was on Twitter or something like that. You you tweeted me in it. Uh, I still don't know how Twitter works. I'm old. 
But this this concept art was really cool because I had never seen at least this articulately done. I've never seen the underbelly of Coruscant in this way. I, I get that we see it a little bit in Clone Wars and a little bit in Episode 2, but I can't stress enough. And guys, it's hard for me to describe it and do it justice. So go on Twitter and look at what James has tweeted and look at these pictures. Because it's like the way they drew it, I have never seen the underbelly look like this. And now it all clicks in my head. And now I want to see the underbelly more than I ever have before. Because it's like there is no sky. There is like a layer of concrete above them because it's like the layer of, of, of the planet. But there's every once in a while, there'll be like a big hole. And sometimes sunlight can come through that hole. But it's literally like they're living in a basement city, like being in a basement where you clearly have the main floor above you and there's like support pillars and everything. But they are, that's the best way I can describe it, a basement city. And every, you know, few kilometers, there's sunlight dappling in, but that's it. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And I was reading in a reference book today in one of the visual dictionaries, uh, just it reminded me of just how vast Coruscant is, where there's something I think like 5,300 levels to Coruscant, starting at the core of the planet, which is zero, going up to the surface. And everything we've seen, like where the Senate is and Palpatine, that's all, you know, the 5,300th level, that's the surface. 1313 is very, very deep underground. But that's still a thousand levels below the worst level, below like, you know, there's still a level one all the way down there. And apparently, according to the Star Wars Visual Dictionary, level one is so dangerous and dark, it is virtually inhospitable to human life and probably alien life. How friggin' scary is that, James? It is scary, but I got to cut you. We got to remember that thought because we got a super chat. Okay. From Heidi Fetter. Heidi, right? Ooh, super chat. And I love this. Hi, super Heidi Fetter. Yes, I see it here. What if. Huh? Mm. Oh, that is. That, love... That's a good thing. I like that, Heidi. Yes, read it. Sorry, I'm just reading her super chat. And getting excited. Well, I'm going to read it to you. Stop stealing my thunder. Oh, where's Rob? Okay. <laughs> okay, what? Heidi, right? What know. if the series find finale find will have the Mandalorian finding Anakin's lightsaber? Heidi, that is really, really cool. Um, I hope, and, and because these people, the Mandalorian, uh, Cara Doom, these bounty hunters, whatever, these fringe people, they are the kind of people who would go to visit Maz Kanata's castle. Like that, that's their haunt. That's the kind of place that they would go. So I hope you're absolutely right. I hope he finds it. And we don't see him finding it yet, but he hands it to Maz Kanata and she's like, where did you get this? And he says, that's a story for another day. And they cut, and that's the end of the season. I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much. I, but the thing is, I actually do think that this could be very plausible. The whole, I mean, the MacGuffin. We spoke about how the MacGuffin could be uh, Boba Fett. It's probably not, but could very well be Luke Skywalker's or Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. Luke's lightsaber, Anakin's rays, whoever you want to call it, whatever. That is what the MacGuffin could be. It could be, I need you to find this, or I found this, I need you to do something with it. Or I found this, the X person took it, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the series, you you know, the Mandalorian we know is going to have a heart of gold. So all of a sudden they're going to have to come up with a thing to do with it. 
and he's like, okay, I'm going to sell it to Maskinata because she understands and respects the Force. She respects what this artifact is. I could totally get behind it. Then, when you're like a story for another day, I don't feel as cheapened by that. I mean, still, this is obviously not what they were implying when they first did that. But I don't feel as cheaped out by that, that line anymore. I feel like, okay, well, this is a cool lead-up. I'm totally down with it. And then it's not explained in a novel, which I think is, is a cop-out. Same with a comic book. You put anything like that in a comic book mm-hmm. or a novel, and I, frankly, I find that to be a massive cop-out. Um, but you put that in a show, and it just – because it, it will reach a way larger audience. I mean, everybody I speak to wants to get Disney+. Plus. Whether or not they're going to get it right away is a different <laughs> story, but everybody wants Disney+. Plus. So you're inevitably going to watch The Mandalorian. You know, the thing with Netflix is – I was talking about this earlier today with somebody. It's like, you know, you put Netflix releases the most terrible movie you can think of and everybody watches it. Mm-hmm. But but if if Blockbuster if Blockbuster would have put that movie on the shelves 20 years ago, we wouldn't even have thought of renting that movie. We would have walked by and been like, "Ugh, that's made for that's a straight <laughs> video VHS movie. I'm not buying that." And they would move on. And Disney Plus is going to be the exact same. There's going to be movies on there, Noel, that people would be like, I'm not going to spend money to see that in the theater, but it's right in front of me. I'm going to watch it three or four dozen times because it's right there. I don't have to. I mean, you're paying for it, but you're not paying specifically for that. It's a part of it. So you're just going to watch it, and that's how it works. Um, so, So more people are going to watch Disney Plus than read the novels. Plus, because it is live action, and it, it feels like it's in the same universe you could completely buy that Anakin's lightsaber is a part of the Mandalorian. I am totally down with that. I hope, though, if that ends up being the case, I hope we find, we've, we witness somebody finding, coming across this saber. And it is a very quiet, a very emotional, and a very, just very, very real moment in time where they take the time to show us somebody picking up this artifact and possibly not understanding the power that they're holding in their hands but they know that is something greater than just finding some imperial credits on the beach right yeah and um that now thinking of the lightsaber leads me to wander down this road. Tell me, James, and everybody else, play along. Answer me as well. Never tell me the odds. You guys ready for this? I don't think we've asked this one yet. If we have, I'm sorry, but what are the odds we see the dark saber at some point in this show? Uh, I think season one, maybe not. Maybe in a flashback, somebody's holding it in a flashback. If we get that, I would say eventually, as 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 this series progresses, we will get it for sure. I, I think there's no way to not. I have can't it. wait to see the live action. I think, yeah, I and I, I think, um, I think Bo-Katan is going to show up at mm-hmm. some point, and I think she's going to have it. And I, because I think they're going to go to Mandalore. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, she's the last one now. I think they're going to Mandalore. I, yeah. And I think she's going to be holding. It I, on I still think that Mandalore is season two. Yeah, I don't think I don't like. I said I don't know necessarily season one. I think if if anything, flashbacks. 
Because I think we will, I think this show will give us a greater understanding of Mandalore as a whole. And your Goodwill Hunting, which by the way, all Patreon subscribers, midnight tonight, Goodwill Hunting, Andrew's going to take you through uh, the story of Mandalore thus far. But I think your story of Mandalore is going to, you're going to have to expand on that greatly after this this series goes on. Uh, and I think the, the yes. Darksaber is a massive part of Mandalore. And if we're going to see anything in flashback in this season, I think there's a very good chance we're going to see it. But I think going forward, season two, three, whatever, without a doubt, we will see the Darksaber. Whether or not we will see the Darksaber in any kind of action is a different story. But I think we will see it for sure. Right. I mean, well, just like to be able to see the Darksaber in live action, you know, not a cartoon. Um, I can't wait to see what that looks like because it is a very unique looking weapon. And uh, it'll be just kind of neat to see how it translates. And I think that's another reason why we're all, you know, chomping at the bit to see people like Ahsoka and Thrawn in live action because it's just interesting to see how they translate that because now it's it's not a it's a different situation from like oh let's animate Lando and put him in rebels now the animated version came first so you have to find a way to make it work on a camera and i would love to see how that transition looks and i think if you know nobody's better suited to do that right now than Dave Filoni so get him in there get him to sprinkle his animated world here and there amongst this show. Give us some Darksaber goodness, though. That would be wonderful. Okay, but here's an idea. What if Heidi's right and what if Anakin's lightsaber is the MacGuffin and, and somebody does come up with Anakin's lightsaber and then the Anakin's lightsaber is wielded by somebody and they have to go toe-to-toe with Bo-Katan and the Darksaber. I would be a happy person. I'd be a very happy person. But I think that, uh, Heidi, I think you're right. I think making that the MacGuffin is really, really cool. Um, I don't know what the the galaxy's view on the Jedi, like, I don't know what it looks like after Return, after Episode 6. You know, during the Empire's reign, everybody was like, oh, the Jedi, they they were a myth, right? They were these old spooky monks who had, like, swords and stuff. So after the Rebel Alliance wins, do they tell the galaxy, yeah, the Jedi are cool and, and they're still around and we're going to bring them back? Because if they're still a myth, then the idea of getting your hands on a relic of theirs, on a lightsaber, is infinitely more lucrative than if they are a known commodity throughout the galaxy. So for Werner Herzog to call somebody and say, I heard a rumor that there's a quote-unquote Jedi weapon floating through the ventilation in Cloud City uh, or or something, you know, like that's the last place we saw it. If you get that for me, I will make you a very rich Mandalorian. And Pedro Pascal's like, okay! And he's he's probably not going to be that jolly, but a man can dream. Uh, And then he goes and tries to find this thing and doing it doing so like i i would say if i was writing this i would make it so that certain parties don't believe it exists because certain parties don't really believe in the jedi or just mm-hmm. that they are what people say they are so it becomes this this crisis of faith where maybe like the mandalorian is kind of like for lack of a better term an atheist and he you know he 
couldn't care less about the Jedi, but finding it, finding that they're still real and, and they're still out there somewhere is like, it would be like, like Indiana Jones finding the Holy Grail because, you know, he wasn't a faith guy. He's, he's going after the Grail, like he's going after his dad. And then finding the Grail gives him this revelation of like, oh man, you know, I, I, I should open myself up more to new thoughts and, and, you know, start a relationship with my father again. And it became a journey of faith for him, not necessarily religious faith, but faith brought on by this holy of holies kind of artifact. So it's the same kind of thing, Heidi. Sign me up, because that is beautiful storytelling. Uh, in the chat, which, by the way, the leg is insane. Andrew, the leg is like, they're like five minutes behind our conversation. But right now they're saying <laughs> the Mando is Snoke. Oh my Snoke God. is the Mando. Cannot wait. Well, Heidi, yeah, was worried, we're, Heidi was worried we weren't getting to her super chat. That is how long the leg is. She actually thought that we weren't going to see it. But we got to it. Uh, I I would love uh, – look, I'm not going to lie. I want everything to happen. Stan Solo's in the house. What's up, guys? Did you hear that Return of the Jedi-style biker scouts on speeders are a thing in The Mandalorian? Definitely my favorite troopers. Awesome. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Stan. Uh, I know your name's not Stan. Well, it kind of is. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I saw that. I don't know if you've seen that spot, Andrew, but there are speeder bikes. Uh, looks phenomenal. John Favreau did say that there is something in here for everybody – uh, if you've been a fan for a long time, there's something in here for you. I love the enthusiasm that, is, that he has, the excitement that he has towards this. I'm totally excited, totally happy. Cannot wait to watch it uh, one bit. I mean, when I'm going to be able to see it, I don't know. My my concern is that you guys are going to go live with your with your review of it tomorrow, and I won't. I will not have seen it yet. That is what I fear is going to happen. It most likely will happen. But I'm really excited for this. Uh, while we're at this, let's take a small... Oh, it's happening at 1 p.m., like you said. Nobody's right. going to have seen it. Let's take a small uh, break right now, Andrew, because we've got some cool news to bring up, and why don't you tell everybody what that is? Ooh, I think I know what this cool news is. This cool news involves the first of our slew of Patreon contests. Because if you're a Patreon supporter... For the Rebel Scums, we got contests for you. We got rewards. We like to reward people for helping us out. So we have a contest. Uh, I believe it will be, I believe the winner will be decided at the end of December, around the time Rise of Skywalker comes out. And this contest is very exciting, at least for me, because you know I'm a book nerd. We are going to pick a lucky winner, uh, probably out of a hat like we usually do. If not, we'll come up with another fun, kooky method. But the winner will receive a copy from us of the art of the Rise of Skywalker. And those art books, if you have not picked one up yet, I would reach over and grab it, but uh, it's kind of far away from me. But they are big, beautiful hardcover books. The, the paper is just thick and glossy, and it is just full of concept art. Uh, th those are sexy books. I mean, that, that's really the only way to put it. Those are sexy books. And one of those is going to be coming home with one of you, our Patreon homies, thanking you for helping us out and for all the support you've shown us over the past few months or years, depending on how long you have been a Patreon. But that's really exciting. I'm excited for whoever wins that. I'm jealous. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of cool contests coming up in December and forward for everybody on Patreon. Okay, uh, Charlie Skywalker says, Ray comes away with the Darksaber and Nine to defeat Palpatine. Uh, and mm -hmm. Horizon Brave says, I'm looking more forward to the Imperials, the Saber stuff I can take or leave, which is a very interesting take, I think. Um, because obviously Rogue One and Solo 
basically did the same. Rogue One, sure, we got it with Vader at the end, and Maul kind of had it in Solo for about 4.6 seconds. Um, but it's interesting because that's not what these uh, series are going to be about. Even the Obi-Wan series, you have to kind of guess that the Saber will only be shown a handful of times, if any, in six episodes. Yeah. I, I, I If there's any Saber, it's not... Uh... I would say once, just once, because that the impact is stronger that way. Because it's a big, loud, colorful, attention-grabbing weapon. It, it makes it's never not making a noise when it's on. When it's on, you just have that constant. So it's oh. it's grabbing your attention. I I can't imagine they would want to squander that. They want to save it and use it at the right moments. I got to give a shout out to uh, Colby right now. Uh, I'm seeing Star Wars with him this on Saturday the 21st. So I got to give a shout out to him right now. He's watching right now. Um, Hello. Hi. Hold on. I'm just. There's a lag. So nobody knows what's going on right now. It's going to be awesome. Uh, are you I'm, I'm, I'm so confused with, uh, with lag. I'm so confused. Does that mean the chat is lagging too? Or the chat is happening in real time? The chat's I feel like I'm time traveling. The chat, so the chat. The chat is happening in real time. However, mm -hmm. they're responding to stuff that we've said like five minutes ago. So, gotcha. So it's okay. Very wow. Back to the Future. This hurts three. my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need um, uh, Christopher Lloyd to stand over my shoulder and be like, "Don't you understand? Come on, money." When Horizon Brave says, <laughs> when, awesome. "When Heidi Federer was talking about the dark saber." So she was talking about the dark saber you talked about five minutes ago. We're giving away oh, the God. art of the art of Skywalker book to a Patreon subscriber and probably a Visual Dictionary, most of. But and maybe even the, the Jedi Fallen Order, which is the Jedi Fallen Order, art of Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker, art of Mandalorian. I have not seen anything about an art of book for this series at all. Have you? Or did mm, I just miss yeah? It? I. I have not seen anything. I really want a visual dictionary. Uh, I will be very sad if we don't get one. Um, the thing with TV shows is like I'm a completionist. So if like I, I'm going to be torn between buying one or waiting until like the show was done and they pack all three seasons into one book. Um, but I just, you know me, I love my visual dictionaries. I want them to be big and juicy and colorful. And what excites me about the Rise of Skywalker one is that it is considerably longer than the others. The Force Awakens and Last Jedi ones have been kind of on the shorter, thinner side. They've been 80 pages each, just 80. That's not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. The Rise of Skywalker one is going to be 200 pages. So there's like that. that makes me happy. Well, I love the um, that's what the heck that solo book that I got the behind the scenes. It's not an art of but the behind the scenes solo book was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I thought, um, and I have the Last Jedi art of book and it is gorgeous. Um, but I, I just the Mandalorian just looks so beautiful and there's so much art design in there that I want to see more of. Uh, and and you know maybe they're waiting for the season to end maybe this is something they put out before season two because it's a series that's ongoing they want to hype you for season two so they'll bring this out to get you hyped for season two i can't figure it out but no mention of it at all we're getting 
Jedi Fallen Order, uh, I think next week, maybe Friday, maybe it's out now. I don't know. Or the 20th, I think. Somewhere around there, we're getting that. That's something I totally want to pick up and check out. Uh, I am getting Jedi Fallen Order uh, on next- Friday. Huh? I think it's the 19th. It's around the same time Shenmue 3 comes out. <laughs> yes, same as Shenmue. Okay. Uh, Horizon Brave says it's November, so I want to air some grievances. Fair enough. Black Series figures that are store exclusives. I hate this so much. I can't find like three figures. Um, well, we we're in Canada, so yeah, we still don't have uh, Ezra Bridger, guys. Still not happening here. Yeah, I mean, but but well, you know, the the exclusives we kind of get with ease here, though. Frankly, when they're at EB Games, we get them with quite ease. I will say that. Like, you can find your Commander Foxes, your Obi Wan. Um, uh, whatever the hell it's called, the Obi Wan one. You can find so many exclusives at EB Games that that like Funko Pops are harder to find than Black Series, I think, for exclusives, for store exclusives, not necessarily right. you know the Ezra's which they weren't put everywhere or the Ahsoka's which were put in five stores. Those ones are impossible. But when Target gets an exclusive for whatever reason, our EB Games, which is your GameStop, we get like a plethora of those. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just me, I'm picky, but those exclusives are usually ones I don't care for too much. Like, I, I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love him to pieces, but that clone commander Obi-Wan, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm I good. And whatever it. one was before it, I was like, I think it was a jump trooper or something. I was like, nah. Like, those are the two that I wanted. <laughs> this Obi-Wan is the best Obi-Wan of them all, though. He is cool looking, but for me, episode three Obi Wan is my Obi Wan. That's uh, that's my boy. This is my favorite though, the Purge Trooper. I can't wait to play this game just to face off against the Purge Trooper. That's what I want. I mean, look, jury's still out. Shock Troopers are probably my favorite. I missed the boat. That was a Target exclusive, I think. That one I was. Oh, Walmart exclusive, and that I could not get. Um, so I did pick up this Purge Trooper all because of that. Uh, what do we have here? Da, 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 da. I think everybody thinks that this contest is sweet, if that's what I'm looking up. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's going to be more contests, too, for Patreons going on in December. Because December is the month of giving. And uh, that's it's right. also, I mean, that is the Star Wars month as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun in December to, to do that. Uh, so it should be good. Uh, currently watching Rebels. It's also the month of Advent calendars. Just want to put that up. Which Advent calendar do you get? Let's just sidetrack on that one. Which one do you get? I, I used to get um, like whatever I was into at the time. Like in high school, I remember I got one that was a Simpsons one. And that one was cool because it went up to New Year's Eve. It yes, didn't stop that's... at Christmas. Th- those ones are, are cool. But the chocolate in them is not the best. No. Last few years, I've, uh, I've been getting Lindor. Even like last year, uh, this girl I was seeing like randomly got me my, my advent calendar before I had a chance to get it and she happened to get me lindor which is the one i like yeah so like i've, I've just been rolling with the lindor and that seems to be uh, that, that's that's my kick aaron gets me the lindor one every year and i look forward to it nice. but i do love the ones that go to new year's because you're like well like you don't eat enough junk food at christmas that you're like i need an extra week i know right? I need an extra week of really crappy candy let's go let's go i love those uh we got stan solo saying here's a really good one andrew this one i love what are the odds of Wicket W. Warwick appearing in the Rise of Skywalker. Who asked that? 
Stan Solo. Oh, Stan Solo. I see it now. Okay. Wow. Stan, I like where your head's at, my friend. I'm going to say the odds are low, but I want them to be high. I'm going to say the odds are 12%. And this is Andrew's last appearance on this show. We've frozen on what I'm seeing right now, but this is your last appearance because it is 109%. Uh, okay, to be completely honest, I think we're going to go 40%. I, you know, it would be amazing. I think he should be. I mean, Warwick Davis is going to be in the movie, and why not – why not make his last appearance his first appearance in Star Wars? Yeah. Why not bookend it like that? Uh, you know, and if you're going to save the galaxy, save it with everybody yeah. we know and love. If Endgame can do it, you can do it, Star Wars. J.J. Um, Abrams says he took a lot of risks going into this. We're going to talk about C-3PO big time next Monday. Monday's going to be a lot of fun talking C-3PO. Uh, can't wait for that. Guys, give us a mm-hmm. like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Um I'm going to go, but I got to go 40, 41% because uh, I also think that J.J. Abrams is the kind of uh, filmmaker that wouldn't throw him in, which would upset me greatly, but whatever. Yeah, but that's uh, that raises another good question, Stan Solo. Andrew's disappearing. I mean, disappearing, disappearing like Marty's uncle in the picture. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I was reading it, and then the I'm a nerd part. I'm sorry, that just... That one killed me. Uh, sorry. Mr. Rez, you need not apologize for reference. Mr. Rez won Zori Bliss on the um, uh, Halloween the, episode of Unleashed, so congratulations, Mr. Rez. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Mr. Rez was our winner. Um, my my thought now is, since Stan, Stan Solo brought that up, what uh, what's happening with Warwick Davis and Mandalorian? Has it been confirmed if he's in it or not? I haven't heard anything. I think, though, at some point he can't be in everything, Star Wars. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if he wasn't in Mandalorian, if he was just in one episode of Mandalorian. Kind of like, you know, he he kind of is becoming the Stan Lee of Star Wars in a way, right? Like, you're like, oh, Warwick Davis is in this. Right. Maybe, maybe even a little less, so like they hide him a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard if he's in it or not. Are you Googling it right now? No, I'm not. I just noticed a cool thing in the in the chat, and I had to bring it up. He could play like Weasel in it. Why not? Uh, although mm-hmm. it be Weasel, no, because he's in Solo. So um, I type in Warwick Davis in Mandalorian, uh, and this is what I get. Ready? There's three videos. Warwick Davis right. takes the stage of Star Wars Celebration 2019. Warwick Davis appearance Star Wars Episode uh, Seven. Star Wars actor Warwick Davis remembers Carrie Fisher, warm, friendly, and kind. And then people also ask, what size shoe does Warwick Davis wear? <laughs> I don't care. Oh. And how much is Warwick Davis worth? That You know what? I don't like creeping on people's bank statements, so I'm not even going to look at that. Um, but there's mm-hmm. nothing about him in The Mandalorian. His name is Warwick Ashley Davis, born February 3rd, 1970. In England, um, he is in Aaron's favorite movie, Willow. It doesn't say whether or not he's in The Mandalorian. Uh, the first live act. Uh, wait, here we go. All right. If this opens up, because my internet is a. You know how you guys see what's going on with the internet. Oh, it's a Facebook. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, it's Star Wars. This is Star Wars official thing, so that's good. Uh, and it's someone's comment. So I don't think it's actually been announced whether or not Warwick Davis is in it. If anybody knows, let us know. 
Uh, Andrew, you're dead to me. What is happening? Yeah, right I haven't now? heard Jack about that. What? It's so I'm really trying to keep up with the chat, but I just can't. It's really hard. I'm trying to think in four dimensions. Uh, uh, there, the chat is so far behind where we are. It's literally giving me a headache. Yeah, it's way behind. It's difficult. I'm sorry, guys. It, it's it's got to be something on my end. I've got to figure out the connection between uh, the OBS and the Skype. There's something being lost in translation right there because you and I are I mean you don't look very good and I probably don't look very good on your end but we can hear each other okay uh, so something's going on we'll figure this out for the future um, it was working until a couple weeks ago so Andrew you're dead to me what is happening <laughs> uh, yeah. this is hilarious I love it yeah everybody hit the like button please that means a lot yes lint the lint one not the Lindor one Andrew doesn't know what he's talking about uh, actually, yes. you live. Yeah. You don't live too far from their factory uh, on on Kennedy, Andrew. Have you ever been there? No, I didn't know they had a factory here. I thought they were all in like Switzerland or something. No, oh, we got a Patreon. I mean, Patreon. We got a super chat. From yeah, hold on. We're on a leg. Jeff Wilson. Jeff doesn't know he put that in yet. You haven't been to the Lynn factory on Kennedy? It's right by your Mandarin, dude. I did. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Okay, the man. Uh, but Jeff Wilson just sent us a super chat. Okay, well, we'll go to his super chat. Super chat. Thank you so much, Jeff Wilson. Super chat. What are the odds that Disney acquires the droids and Ewok shows at the same point and puts them on Disney Plus? I am tired of dealing with bootlegs. LOL. Jeff, I don't know if you saw episode 140 where Brock got a copy on DVD of droids from his friend at work. I'm very, very jealous and pissed off about that because I love that. I completely agree. I want droids and Ewoks on Disney Plus. I would buy both of those series on iTunes if possible. Um, I don't think it's very high, though. I think I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 27%. Andrew, what about you? Uh, I think it's actually high. I think that they are... Really? Um, I think they'd be stupid not to do it. Yeah, yeah so I think I it's going to happen. I don't know when. Maybe not soon. I'm going to say within the next two years, 80%. Josh Nerd... Uh, says 99.9% has to be uh, Warwick in it, uh, but he's never 100% anything. Good call. Never be 100%. Uh, droids, yeah, I like the way you're thinking on this one. I just can't mm. – I just, you know, I think it's like off their radar is the problem. I think if whoever oh, – I can't remember who owns them, but whoever owns them approaches Disney and be like, you guys want to buy these for for $17 million? They might be like, yep, and throw 17 But like that I, I could see, um, but I don't – I mean, look, I did a Patreon-exclusive Saturday morning review on the first four episodes of Droids. And I got another one coming where I'm going to do the next uh, four episodes of Droids. And I completely love that cartoon series. It is – it's not yeah. great. But when I looked at it, I'm like, the basis of it is phenomenal. And you start to realize that, that everybody complains there are too many desert planets. But then you watch droids, you're like, well, every planet is a desert planet. But you have Boba Fett in it, IG-88's in it. Um, you've got the what the the alien that Dexter Jester is is in it, the pods of Wait, the Senate. Did, uh, did that show come out after all the trilogy, or did it come out like in between? It came out right after the OT. Okay. 
So it's like right up there around the same time as Ewoks then. It came out uh, this year before Ewoks or the same year as Ewoks? Yeah. They're right. No, they were the, the Power Hour. They're both of them combined, I think. Same year. Power Hour. So uh, it's... Um, Do you know about the toys with the coins? Yeah. Uh, I never had the toys from the series. Uh, and I've, I've looked at them and they're not... You can't afford them. Yeah, they're crazy. But I really like the Ewok... Um, the Dulocs, those green ones, I love the look of those toys. They're so cool. Yeah, well, you know I saw Ewoks on ice, ice capades, right? Yes, I do. And I'm still jealous. I'm taking, I'm taking that with me for the day I die. That's like my claim to fame. Watching that. I'm trying to find my... Your, your, your gravestone is going to say, James Rizile, you know I saw Ewoks on ice capades, right? That's what it's gonna say. There's pictures of it somewhere. I tried to find my droids and Ewok shirts, but I think they're in a different room. I love. I like. I would be all for it, and I honestly would binge the crap out of both of those series. Uh, the Ewoks cartoon is a little bit more near and dear to me. I love. I mean, you know, that age range group that I was. The Ewoks were the thing, but I did watch droids a lot, and it's Anthony Daniels, uh, and it's just it's really good. And of course, you get to see Kaibo Ren. Um, and mm-hmm. who else is it? And but there's like the the creatures from Utapau. There's like very similar to that in it. There are the Senate pods and the oh, Senate. Wow. Yeah, the, the the pods from the Senate. They're they're in it basically. Nice. Um, yeah, there's all these little tiny aspects of it that later on you're like, oh my gosh, that was in that that. And it's really cool to see how you know Lucasfilm had probably this binder of ideas. And they they let it all go, which was awesome to see. And um, I'm really happy that I did that rewatch of it. And I gotta do the next episode of Saturday morning for Patreon because it's so. It was I, the problem with me though is when Brock. If you guys watch 141, when Brock or 140, when Brock picks up that DVD and shows me, I lose my mind. And it is, it's 100 genuine. He didn't tell me he was doing that. And I've never seen that DVD in the flesh mm. before. I mean, we were looking over Skype, but I've never seen like it in the flesh. And I'm going to be visiting him in a few weeks, I think. And I'm going to just go straight to that DVD and steal it from him. <laughs> you won't even say hi. You won't knock on the door. You'll just barge into the house and be like, where is it? Well, give it to me now. That's how I'm going to... That's how I'm going to do it. Because I would abso- absolutely love it. And the, 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 this is the thing that gets me excited about The Mandalorian more than anything. Hawks Holocron's here, by the way. The thing that gets me excited about The Mandalorian is if you hey, watch, Hawks. there's a press uh, press junket for the show. And Dave Filoni and Favreau being interviewed by uh, people. I think Ash Crossan from E.T. is the moderator. But they're being interviewed by a bunch of stuff. And Filoni starts talking about the show. And then he goes, oh, the holiday special. I guess we're doing this. When he would read scripts, there would be nods to the holiday special. Heidi, you're going to love that. And there are things from the holiday special. And we've seen Boba Fett riding on the whatever with the gun. It's the gun from the holiday special. And Favreau's like, yeah, I just wanted the gun in my office. And he has that. And, and, and the thing that gets me excited about the Ewoks <laughs> and Droids cartoon is, is if they're picking from from that, then they're picking from those. And, and, and what I just said about how you see all these aspects of that cartoon later on in, in the prequel trilogy and Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, the namesake in, in the sequel trilogy, you're like, that is the heart and soul of star Wars is borrowing from itself and just taking from this encyclopedia. And John Favreau has dipped his whole head in there 
and bobbed for as many Star Wars apples as he can and pulled them out. And maybe something from, maybe a character name from there is brought in. My hope is that uh, B. Arthur's character from the Mandalorian, uh, from the holiday special gets at least a name drop. Uh, those are my thoughts on it, Andrew. What about you? Um, I think that they're going to give us more than we than we bargained for. I like the idea of name dropping Akmina because B. Arthur is my uh, my special lady. I love her very much. Uh, you can there's they can name drop almost anybody at this point. Uh, planets, worlds, creatures. Uh, they probably shouldn't name drop Kaibo Ren anymore. Just because thing in droids. I think it's like a planet or a, that's something that they could totally name drop in the Mandalorian and it would not stick out. It would feel like it fits. So I think we're going to see tons of stuff like that start pouring in. Uh, Josh wants it on there, but I think 60% droids and Ewoks. I'm hoping that's not, seems like it might be too high, but I'm hoping it's not too high. Um, and we'll just bring, Andrew, this will be our last thought before we leave. Tell me the odds of seeing Maz Kanata and or her castle. That's from Hawks Holocrons. What do you think? Will we see Maz and or her castle? You just answered on the chat. I, I think we're going to see 45%. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very likely. And, I mean, I always assumed back when they made Force Awakens that I assumed, okay, you have, they create this character named Maz Kanata. They make her a 1,000 years old, so she's very, very old. They cast a very, very young actress to play her. I thought that was Lucasfilm saying, we want Maz Kanata to essentially be our, for lack of a better term nick fury we want her to be in a lot of things whether we go old line the one familiar piece so i'm surprised we haven't seen maz more already so absolutely i think she's definitely coming me too um i think she's gotta come but i thought she was gonna be in solo so i'm gonna go full brock on that one uh horizon brave i don't think that uh, Pasana is actually Tatooine. I think they're both very, very different. I think we're going to find out that Pasana is more than just a desert planet, which is the name of the song we listened to by F105. Andrew, we're going to wrap it up. The internet's dead. You guys, everybody go to 2 Med 2 YouTube channel. He is interviewing Dominic Case from the Mandalorian right now. Tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, you can watch uh, my interview with Dominic Case right here on Rebel Scum. Andrew, thanks for joining me today. Well, did you have fun? You're looking forward to Mandalorian. You're getting ready for that? All right, everybody, thanks for watching, and as always, may the force of others. Ah, no, I'm always. <laughs>